This is the Yay, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that voice again. <laughs> this is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jan Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. We want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Somera. And we have Norman back. Yay! So, <laughs> Back to the way things were, it's still going on. I think you had your <laughs> two last more days. Week. Yeah, two more days, and we have a wonderful guest. Two wonderful, I should say, three wonderful guests. We have Jen and Matt. Matt Coogan, and uh, your, what's your dog's name? This is Ski Bum. Ski Bum, <clears throat> like living in the mountains of Tahoe. Ski Bum. Oh, that uh, is awesome. And uh, we did co- not do a sound check for Ski Bum. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I don't. I don't even have a mic for uh, Ski Bum. She she doesn't look like she's talking anyway, but she's comfortable. That's that's yeah. important. Yeah. Uh, you two are involved with Musical Cafe, and it sounds like you've been involved with Musical Cafe for a while now. Yeah, uh, they produced my uh, showcase of my first musical back in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was the last time they actually did their short showcases where they did 15 to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then since then, they've kind of switched the format to the new Next Stages program, which Mm -hmm. focuses more on the whole musical. Um, But we run the song salon that happens every month, and we get uh, writers from all over the world send in their videos and or songs, and uh, we're just really there to support each other. Mm-hmm. It's not really a place for like dramaturgy or feedback. We're just there to lift up the fact that we're creating work and give everyone a round of applause just for that. You know, it's so hard to be a writer and just be bashing your head against the right. computer or the piano for months and months, and you just really want a, a community to share stuff with um, at the early stage. Yeah, very, very cool. And we'll learn more about Song Salon and about you, and you were telling me when we were on the patio how you two came together. That's, you know, I'm always, I will always love wait. these love stories. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Norman, as I begin all of our, our podcasts, how was your week, your month? I know a little bit of it. <laughs> Lord, um, so it's wild, because this is the last week of the Mind Troop shows. So mm-hmm. tomorrow is my last performance. And then I was out for a few weeks with COVID. And uh, Michael Gene Sullivan, who wrote the show, ended up stepping in for me. Mm-hmm. So he will do the final, final show on Labor Day in Dolores Park. Um, I will we'll be in Dolores Park two days. So I'll be there tomorrow and he'll be there on Monday. Um, and then uh, the show I directed up in uh, the Maskers Playhouse in Point Richmond. Compared, compared to what? To what? Mm-hmm. Um, just opened last weekend, and so I'm going to go back and see how things are going tonight. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I wasn't them. Somebody wanted a blurb. Oh, I think Playground wanted a blurb. You know, what are you up to? And I'm like, well, I've got these two projects that are kind of sunsetting, or at least my role. You mm-hmm. know, the show is up. It'll run for another yeah. month. But, but I'm sure you're auditioning for something. you always got something else lined up. I think I can say, oh, gosh, <laughs> you may remember this. So, what was it? It was last year. Mm-hmm. We, about this time, no, maybe a month or so later than this last year, and I was fussing that I had auditioned for a show and I hadn't heard back from them and I knew they were about to start rehearsals and I was so pissed that they didn't even have the courtesy to let me know. Mm-hmm. Like two days later, three days later, I get a phone call. Hi, this is Randy with San Jose <laughs> Stage. Um, have you been hearing any rumors or anything? Because there's a lot of stories going around and I want to make sure you know what we're doing. And I'm like... Did somebody say something? What happened? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, long conversation. They were going to do Meet John Doe. That's what I auditioned for. 
We're going to postpone that. We'll be doing that next year. So we'll talk to you about that then. But um, we're replacing it with Great Expectations. And it was, it's an adaptation, and it was done, written for eight actors. Well, it was written for a number of actors. Uh, the, the guy who did the adaptation said they did it with eight. They thought it might be possible to do it with less than. You're welcome to try. So he says, the director is, so he's redoing the script right now, so I can't send you a script, but we'll see you Tuesday. Like, Ow. <laughs> Didn't ask you. <clears throat> so I ended up in that, had a lot of fun. And now they're doing Meet John Doe. So I just had another one of those conversations. He's like, we were talking about the production, and somebody said, you didn't know you were cast. I'm like, yeah, no, I I never actually got a phone call or an email or anything saying I'm in this show. But thanks for but thanks Whoops. for calling me now. I yeah. appreciate that. So, but yeah, but you know, you, maybe something else is lined up. Yeah, so you're doing. No, so I've got that. Uh-huh. That'll be that'll start rehearsals in late October. Um, I'm going to be doing a word for word. Uh, it's a one day thing um, with the American Bookbinders Museum. Didn't even know there was such a thing. Oh, interesting. And we're going to do a reading of a short story called Home by George Saunders. Mm-hmm. And that'll be October 8th. And oh, the last thing I'll say, this is my birthday season. So I am so happy <laughs> to That's be right. out of quarantine and able to actually go out and enjoy myself. Yeah, that means you're going to do the biking thing because that's usually what you do. I will do the bike. Um, I'm loving having performances. And it's just another way to say to people, hey, you should come to my performance. It's my birthday season. <laughs> yeah. If no one else is doing the thing. And I'm still doing uh, It's Only a Play. We're on our fourth week. Yeah. We'll do our fifth week um, next week, and mm-hmm. then that'll be it for me. Uh, it's been it's been pretty cool for the, for the both of us. <laughs> right, no and, busy summer. Yeah, and uh, musical cafe. What what's happening there? Are you guys still doing? Um, is it is it active right now? Actually, it's very active right now. Very good. Um, <clears throat> besides the song salon, they do have their developmental program that they're doing. Good. Um, and they're always looking at fresh submissions from local writers. Yeah. That is always a blessing. Because I know Richard Jennings is busy with, um, he's, I know he's a musical director of one production that's going on, or at least maybe maybe it's it's passed already. As You Like It, and it's actually in San Francisco this weekend over at McLaren Park. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's what I thought. Okay, because mm-hmm. I figured he'd be busy. But, you know, Musical Cafe can still go on, you know, but he's, he's usually yeah. the, the big rooster <laughs> when it comes to that. Um, there have been some current events going on. There's been a lot of current events regarding AI, artificial intelligence. So huh. did you hear about the AI uh, artist? There was a guy who, uh, who uh, com- he created a program that could create um, artistic paintings. Oh, and it won first place, and of course, real artists are pissed off because an AI did it. Right. So there's that. And also, FN Mecca, who is a rapper, but mm. he's a digital rapper. He is not a real rapper. And so he was signed by Columbia, and people are a little bent out of shape because What do you he... mean he's not a real rapper? Thank you. <laughs> well, basically, yeah. his image, and I can pull up the image, but I've turned off the internet because I don't sure. want to. But in any case... Um, Basically, he's a dig- he's a digital person. He's not a real person. He's not at a real all. person. And there are algorithms out there that can create art. They can oh. create musical art. Mm-hmm. They can create visual art. It's mm-hmm. like you know, let's say a programmer types in, "Well, you know, give me a song in E minor, right. you know, hundred beats a minute." Right. It should have the lyrics Reggae. "Love," <laughs> "Sunshine," mm-hmm. and then they'll just do it, and they'll collect all these. Uh, algorithms from the internet mm-hmm. and then compile something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's controversial because is it really art? Is it something dangerous? 
Is it, uh, I mean, how do you guys feel? I mean, you know, I actually have a friend who is help developing some of the software for this. And she, on her Facebook, has been uploading all of her different AI art pieces that she puts together. And she basically just feeds all these prompts to the computer and it comes up with stuff. And I've watched her whole transition from yeah. like the beginning um, until it's probably only been a few months that she's doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really terrifying because mm. these photos are really cool. And oh. um, th- this friend of mine isn't an artistic person generally, mm. um, but she's coming up with some really incredible art pieces just from giving prompts. And you can see how um, there is a little bit of an artistic process to it. Sure. Depending on, you know, what you're feeding it. She definitely has to give it like, you know, like she'll give it a name of an artist for like a style and like maybe like a mix of like this person and that person and like um, like just different things like flowers or sunsets or different prompts to do it and she comes up with all kinds of stuff and it's as an artist and the child like my dad was a fine artist um you know it's it's terrifying to me (laughs) because the stuff is actually really good and uh it hasn't taken a lot of time for her to get good at it yeah How, how do you feel about it so i kind of view it like this we're, we're, we live in a society of evolution. Everything around us is constantly expanding, including the universe itself. Mm-hmm. So what we do and what we learn is always going to be different. Yeah. This new style of art, you know, we saw it with digital recordings back in the 80s. Everyone yep. was like, oh, that's not real music. Yep. What's yep. that synth sound? <clears throat> but the reality is we as people create tools to assist us to go mm-hmm. beyond where we were yesterday. Yeah. And it's supposed to scare us. It's supposed to intimidate us mm-hmm. so that we conquer it and then we move beyond it to yeah. the next level. Yeah. And so I'm excited when I hear stuff like this and I hear artists say, wow, this is scary. Mm-hmm. We should be scared. Yeah. We have to remember with AI, it's a power we don't yet fully comprehend. Mm -hmm. Most of us want this stuff for good. A Mm -hmm. few people want it for bad. (laughs) So if we just keep on that right track and create these things for love and beauty and communication with each other, Mm -hmm. then we're on the right path. Yeah, I think that's the right mindset to have. I mean, obviously, it's a tool. It's another brush but it's a digital brush right. and you know how mm-hmm. we use it. It makes me happy to be a theater and actor for the theater because AI can't do anything about that. Right. <laughs> you can't have a digital I mean they have yeah. had uh what was it the Michael Jackson or the Tupac oh, right. glass uh, thing yes. yeah. the holograms yeah. the hologram but you, you, there's not much you can do not- for live theater. But there has been there there was a well, movie Well they talked about it. I, I think there has I think they played with that on Broadway. Oh interesting. Okay. And, and, and again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think that distinction is important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're yeah. fascinated with the human experience, then have the human experience. Yeah. But if you just want to appreciate beauty, beauty is beauty. How yeah. are you going to decide now, this isn't beautiful yeah. because a machine made it? Exactly. Now, Jen, Jen, now, Jen, when you say that you're nervous, one of the things that I thought about this, and we can move on to another subject matter, mm-hmm. but... Um, just AI thinking on its own or, right. you know, like you put in things and then it comes up with something. Mm-hmm. Does that 
sort of terrifying because that sort of gave me a twinge of, uh oh, you know, are we dealing with, you know, uh, what's the Jane Cameron movie? Well, Terminator. Like, or, Terminator. I thought yeah, you were yeah. going <laughs> to. I thought you were going to talk about the other story which happened this week, um, which is one of these. Um, uh, one of these softwares that identifies people. Oh, yeah. Uh, facial recognition. Um, facial yeah. recognition. Um, they were asking the program if it could identify criminals. Oh, sure. And it was mm-hmm. just picking black people and brown people. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, well, okay. <laughs> okay. No. But that is, but is yeah. that any different right. than what, what's been going on? It depends on how it's used. Right. But yeah. what, what I'm saying is, yeah. that's what it's identifying, right. uh-huh. who it's identifying mm-hmm. as a criminal, yeah. right. which is exactly what's been happening yeah. throughout the centuries. Well, I, I'm sure. kind of no, passionate no, no. about no, this topic. Right. So. Yeah, right. well, I mean, working, working for the DA's office, I'm, I'm also passionate about it as well. If it's used correctly, you're absolutely right. If it's another mm-hmm. version of, let's say, fingerprint mm-hmm. or DNA, right. where you can positively mm-hmm. identify yeah. someone instead yeah. of a digital version of, what do they call it? Profiling. Um, profiling, racial right. profiling. Yeah, but uh, getting back to you, Jen, because does that are you worried about? I don't know, machines thinking for themselves. I mean, yeah, I think we don't really know what's going to happen with with this technology. And I mean, even just in the last five years, we can see how our phones listen into us. Yeah, that's and right. And they use that information. People are actually taping us. their uh, their cameras so that they don't, oh, you know, because yeah. you don't know if you're being spied on and all that sort of stuff. I mean, even if we just have a conversation, our phones are listening, and they're like, "Oh, you mentioned window blinds. I'm going to offer you ten ads <laughs> towards window blinds." Right. And I mean the the divide between privacy and people trying to make money off of you, I, I just think is getting thinner and thinner and AI is only just going to make that worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. In other news, local news, uh, and we were talking about this last uh, week. I've had a couple of, I don't know if you've noticed number, but I've had a couple of guest hosts sitting oh, yeah. in your chair, which is oh, yeah. really, really cool. The exit is gone. Mm-hmm. And boy, that just broke my heart. And I'm seeing all sorts of posts. I knew about it. I heard a rumor about it a week and a half ago because someone has a show. One of the actors that I'm working with, she has a husband who had a show at the exit. And they're like, well, you know, we probably have, this is probably our last week because the exit is closing. Mm -hmm. And then we finally got the news. Apparently, the landlord wanted $3,500, no, $35,000. I don't know, maybe it's $3,000. It's either $3,500 or $35,000 a month. For mm. rent, right. and obviously they couldn't hang. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I have so many memories. I'm looking at p- posters right now. You know, ISIS Arts Collective, the late Mark Ward. You know, we did something for the right, exit right. to protest yeah. George W. Bush back in Whoa. the day when we thought that he was the existential threat. Yeah, <laughs> right. those were the days. God, if only. Uh, so many um, uh, fringe festivals. Right. That I remember. Yeah. It's so sad. Have you ever acted? I don't, I don't know if you have acted there. I've acted there. Yeah. I've, I've definitely acted there, um, done stuff there. Um, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it. And the biggest mixed feeling is really the, I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, we're all getting <laughs> Because there. I remember when they moved into that space. Oh. I remember the space before that space, which was a cute little storefront. And I saw, um, it was a Samuel Beckett um, play. Oh, gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. Mm-hmm. But it's just... Um, Oh, Crap's Last Tape. That's what it is. It's yeah. Crap's Last Tape. And it's an actor with a bunch of reel-to-reels <laughs> that he keeps putting on, and they are him. It's been like his um, digital diary. It's been mm-hmm. his thing that he's done throughout his life. So he's listening to some of these things that are decades old. Whoa. And having a an interaction with them. It's it's a bizarre play. Me. I love that. Great. 
Um, I'm trying to enjoy the fact that things happen. Things come and they go. And those wonderful memories, that happened. But, you know, to what I hate is when people go, oh, it's gone. And so there's this void. There's, there's no void. Nature. Right. <laughs> and yeah, something will does, fill itself in. Now, will it be theatrical? Will. I have no idea. Right. Well, but there will be other theater venues that will come up and yeah. there will be other mm-hmm. things. Um, what did it allow? It allowed this platform for all kinds of amazing work to happen. So Exactly. When I think of the Darkroom Theater, which also mm-hmm. left... Uh, it had a thing called the Twilight Zone Festival where right. writers would write an adaptation of that. And that got moved to the exit where the exit basically said, oh, the darkroom can't do it anymore. Right. But we'll take the wow. venue we'll in. We'll take it, yeah. So that's awesome. And I think Piano Fight is doing that now. I think they've inherited mm-hmm. that. They have. But it's the brutality of capitalism. It's one of yeah. those things where, hey, if you can't swim with the fishes, if you can't you know, keep up. Mm-hmm. See you later. Right. And that's how I look at gonna get the demise it? of the exit. I don't know if you guys have ever worked in the exit before. We, no, we haven't. We've been to a few shows there for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's sad. I mean, now I am hearing right. that the Douglas Morrison Theater may be coming back. They are. Somebody sent me a thing to apply. What is it? Um, yeah, recreational uh, supervisor or something yep, like that. The yep. position is open. <laughs> They're they're not even calling it anything that sounds like it's connected to theater. But when you read in the you know the job posting, sure. it tells you you're basically going to run the theater. Wow! <laughs> like, oh, you okay. Should, you should apply for it. Yeah. Not me. No, no. I'm thinking about <laughs> but, retiring. But I, but I'm, it does <laughs> fill me with joy that it may come mm-hmm. back uh, because it's it's too wonderful a facility to. Yeah. Let and there's go. nothing they could do with that. They would have to not just raise it. They would have to reconfigure that whole area to, to do anything else with it. Yeah. There are a couple of other things that I'm going to write. Uh, I usually squeeze some fun stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Airdrop. Um, so do you know uh, the concept of airdrop? So airdrop, yeah. um, if you have a Mac, then you can airdrop uh, a text or an item or uh, a document, an, a, a document a photo, yeah. mm-hmm. from one computer to another. So apparently um, Delta Airlines has an issue with people – Airdropping nudes. I heard of that. <laughs> Dude, what? <laughs> yeah. So some guy is trying to flirt with a girl, and they both have uh, iPhones, and he's and I guess he has a dick pic in his uh-huh. in possession. Okay, <laughs> it's one of those things I, I don't have. Just, just happen to have, have one. one yeah. Oh, here by the way, and I don't even know how that line works. I don't yeah. know how. I don't know right. any woman who is attracted by you know. It doesn't immediate- work. It never <laughs> works. <laughs> so wait a minute. He sent a woman. Yeah, airdrop. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, when you airdrop. Everyone pops up on your device, not just her. And I don't know if you did it on purpose or by accident, but everyone saw it. Yeah. Which is oh, wow. how the uh, the uh, pilot announced, "Hey, stop the stop right. dropping mm-hmm. your dick pics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will turn this plane around." So it's that's technology. Wow. Is, I want to see how the flight attendants incorporate <laughs> that into their like hands. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Don't drop dick pics. <laughs> you should see the hand signals we're doing is crazy. <laughs> and if you thought that the Will Smith saga has died out, I it has wish. not. Oh, no. It just keeps on. I mean, every time I think, okay, we're done talking about Will Smith. So Dave Chappelle, I think it was uh, two days ago, he is doing a comedy series with Chris Rock. Yes. And apparently they have not gotten, they have not reconciled Will Smith and Chris Rock. Not, not face-to-face, no. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, Will Smith did a yet another 
mea culpa, I apology video, video yeah. thing. And I'm like, okay, we're doing this again? Right. And Dave Chappelle apparently had a line, Will Smith has been a great impression of being a perfect man for 30 years. And just, you know, went mm-hmm. on with that. And I'm like, when are we going to end this thing? Mm. Also, um, Serena Williams, uh, she finishes her career. Ooh, wow. Yes. One of the greatest tennis players ever. Not just mm-hmm. black history, but just women history, but history, period. Reading, it took me... A- I had to, and I'm not big on sports, but mm-hmm. I had to read a few stories before I finally got one that said, Serena loses. I'm like, thank you. That, <laughs> every exactly. other story was that was buried in. It was yeah. amazing, yeah. and she's yeah. amazing. And I'm like, okay, but she lost, right? Yeah. But the racism behind it, you know, even when she won, yeah. it was like, well, yep. she won because she's a big black, you know, they, right. they don't, it's, it's one of those, what do they call them, uh, dog whistles that yep. you hear that we as um, black men know people know oh you know they're trying to say that you know she's not like a regular woman you know right. she's just too athletic for right. these other women in tennis and it's like give me a break you know she's she's incredibly skilled and you know she's you started know started at a young age <clears throat> and bam can i tell my serena story yeah, yeah, absolutely please. so uh being gondoliers at the venetian hotel uh we <laughs> right often on. got hired out to do special events one of the events that we got to do was for breast cancer Oh, nice. And Serena and her sister came on the gondolas to do a photo shoot. Oh, we sang to them. Very nice. I was fortunate enough to take Serena in my gondola. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, she may be big and strong, but she is every bit a lady. Excellent. Um, assisting her into the boat, I, you know, because you have to hold their hand ladylike mm-hmm. the entire way. Sure. Yeah. No, like, trying to show right. off strength. So, yeah, yeah I, I just... I've always had the utmost respect for her. No, that, cool that, is, that is just awesome. Wow, that was a great experience. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. We are very lucky. Yeah. And with that, let's get into an origin story. Uh, the Coogans. Um, ladies first, Jen, uh, where were you born and raised, and how did uh, the theater bug bite you or the musical bug bite you? Oh, boy. <clears throat> well, I was born in Denver, Colorado, and I lived there till I was 10. And um, my dad was super passionate about musical theater, showed me all of, like, mm. The classic musicals and even like chorus line. Um, Yeah, I just, I grew up on every single one. I would check them out from the library and listen to them over and over. And I actually always kind of felt like an outcast because that Hmm. was my preferred music and none of my friends were. Do you have siblings? I do. I have a brother and a sister. Okay. They're not theater people. (laughs) (laughs) I am the one in the family, but they're all. Um, appreciators and my nice. dad was an artist my mom was a teacher she also plays the cello so there's a lot of wow arts background in my family yeah did you take up any music were, were, were you a singer uh, did you play anything yeah so I was a singer and a performer I did my first show at seven I was a kid in the music man nice. and um Followed that with Munchkin Mayor in mm. <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, just did it all through school, all through high school. Um, I went to college more for uh, vocal performance. Um, Very good. And so that kind of pushed me more into the opera side of things and the classical thing, which really did, didn't call my heart as much as musical theater. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, then uh, Matt and I met uh, performing on the gondolas at the Venetian Hotel in Vegas. Hmm. And uh, yeah, literally met singing Italian love songs to each other. Oh, that nice. is wonderful. 
That um, is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Matt, where, where were you born and raised? <clears throat> uh, well, I was born in Jersey City, New Jersey. Wow. Um, East Coast guy, just like me. Yeah, East Coast. Spent a lot of time along the shore. Yeah. Uh, when I was nine, my mom moved us to Bermuda uh, for about three, four years. Okay. And uh, I was lucky enough to really get some worldly education out there. Uh, had my first job working on a glass bottom boat. It was amazing. Damn. And then um, came back to the States, did some more time in New Jersey, did my first show. Well, my first public performance I did in sixth grade. I did Shaka Khan's I Feel For You. <laughs> nice. And you got to have a hell of a range for that. At <laughs> the rap section, mm-hmm. there was a part that the teacher wasn't aware of uh, about feeling her or feeling her with his tongue Uh-oh. and so the song stopped in oh, that moment okay. i was told not to do that <laughs> yeah yeah but then um the next year i did um guys and dolls that was my first show nice. Nice. now do you have any siblings what, what did you play um i played oh i was just um uh I was just ensemble. I think oh, it was like okay. cowboy, and okay. it was my first show. Yeah, and, yeah. you know. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, uh, I have a twin sister. Okay, uh, and I had an older sister who passed away a few years ago. Oh, okay. But um, okay. yeah, it's uh, it's I I don't have a lot of family. They're all still back east. Sure. And so when I kind of came into Jen's family, they all just kind of like adopted me up because I had lost my parents as a teenager. Oh, and sorry. Gone to oh, it's okay. You know yeah. what? It's it's things like that and how we handle them that yeah. really help define us. And it changed my life forever. And it, I was sad at the time. Mm-hmm. But every day, I'm so grateful to be alive and be around people and talk to people. And theater. Mm-hmm. Theater has been the thing that has just held it all together for me. If I didn't have musical theater in my life, yeah. I wouldn't be sitting here with you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that we usually ask um, a lot of our guests is usually people get involved in the arts just as a, well, you know, this is a hobby and this is a mm-hmm. thing or that I'm doing as, you know, just to before I get into school. But then there are those who hold on to it. There's just something about either acting or music or whatever that says, hey, this is my profession. This has claimed me. Do you know when that moment happened for you? Yeah. <laughs> I know for me. Do you know for you? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've had a few of them where like I've, I've walked away and been like, oh, you know, maybe it's a different calling that I should be following. And, you know, there's a lot of letdowns and pain in theater. And sometimes you, you question whether it's worth it and you walk away. And I felt that every time I've walked away, I've, I've literally like been haunted in my dreams mm. about coming back to it. And, you know, you come back and, and there's nothing more like affirming than, than coming back and feeling that passion again. Yeah. But th- did you find there was something within you that you're like, uh, I've got an idea or whatever? Like, um... Yeah. Well, I mean, one of my major life changes, because I've, I've switched kind of from being a sole performer um, to a creator and a writer. And, um, you know, we did rent. Um, we were living in Tahoe. We were running a food truck. And we were doing really well with our truck. And then we did rent with Mm -hmm. our friends. And it changed our lives after it ended. We were so heartbroken to have that experience end. So we we went out with our cast on closing night to this open mic at a bar. Yeah. And two of the girls in our cast got on stage and started performing. And we're like, wait a minute. 
your show is not over. Like you're back on stage and you've created like this whole opportunity for yourself. Yeah. You don't have to get permission from someone casting mm. you in a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, that night I was like, I'm teaching myself how to, how to play piano. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I committed everything to like writing songs and creating, creating opportunities for other artists and performers and, we sold our food truck, we sold our whole business, and we were like, uh, F it, let's just move to San Francisco and mm-hmm. and follow this this passion. And <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Same for you, Matt? Yeah, similar. You know, I didn't, when I first started performing, it wasn't necessarily because I had the bug to perform. Yeah. I was in middle school and we were doing wrestling in gym class and I just wasn't Mm. stoked. Like I'm not a fighter. Yeah. I don't like fighting and I I like getting along with everyone. Yeah. But at the same time, there was a theater class going on in the cafeteria Mm -hmm. and all the prettiest girls in school were in there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We've heard that story before too. Yes. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, well, what do I got to do to get in with them? Yeah. And it became so much more after that. Yeah. You know, it, you know, at first you're trying to impress the people around you Mm -hmm. and then you're trying to impress the director. And then you realize at the end of the day, it's about not really impressing anybody. It's about you doing a job. Yes. And I love that the teamwork that comes from that and everybody understanding their role and what they need to do and how they contribute to that common goal. Yeah. And that's always brought me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, man. And I'm going to bring you in Norman because (laughs) It, it reminds me, you know, there are a lot of folks who get involved in theater and they think, oh, it's just a, you know, a fun thing or whatever. And then when you jump into it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is, it's almost like you think you're getting into a kiddie pool and then you find it's a bit of an ocean mm-hmm. there because right. there's beats and objectives and there's, oh, wait a minute, I didn't think of that character. And everybody telling you you're going to drown just to <laughs> right. stick with that metaphor. But though. as a teacher, because you work with young kids, mm-hmm. especially those who have never been involved in theater before, mm-hmm. do you see that in their eyes where it's like, oh, we thought it was this? but it's it's really deeper and some are encouraged by it some are like ugh I don't know not exactly I think the human impulse to perform I think almost everybody has that so that part I see what I learned a long time ago is to stop worrying about you know because I wanted to be that perfect director I wanted to cast people in the perfect role and bring the show to that point where it's perfect yeah and in in a school setting that is just so not possible and I realize that's not my job. My job is to give all these kids a learning experience, to give them a chance to grow. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it that way, you suddenly go from Romeo and Juliet picking the two prettiest people to be Romeo and Juliet to picking the kids who need that experience more than anybody else and letting them have that experience. Yeah. And then, I, and I was doing that because I'm thinking as an educator, that's my responsibility, the fact is the show becomes amazing. And I'm actually having a fuss now with the playwright of mm-hmm. um, compared to what? Because she feels like one of the two porters. It's about the two Pullman porters. Yeah, important story. And she feels like one of the characters should be more serious and grounded. Mm-hmm. The actor that we ended up getting is a goofball. He cannot help it. That is who he is. Mm-hmm. So she's really upset Go ahead. Yeah. that he's doing that. And I'm like... Um, a, it's who we have, and therefore, B, there are some aspects of the character. The star- character can still have a really serious experience mm-hmm. and have a sense of humor. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the thing is, and I want to jump back to something that yeah, you yeah. said, Jen, but, 
you know, I, I, as a writer, I know I have an image in my head, but I have to will, I have to be willing to. It's almost like having a child. Mm-hmm. You're going to give your child to a caregiver, and they'll have a different image. I mean, they're not going to change your child drastically, right. but they're going to take care of them in their way. I right. can't expect every caregiver to take care of my child my way. Right, exactly. Feed them the food I want or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, listen, these actors are human beings. Like, if I'm cast at something, you're going to have to accept me for who I am. It's, and, it's a huge lesson. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know that everybody learns it. Is the And I said it to my cast. I'm like, so if you guys are feeling like you're struggling getting this show together, let me help you on one important aspect. You are the character. Yep. You are the character. So... Yep. Whatever you bring to it, that's the character. Yeah. If we need a little more of this or a little less of that, we've all experienced that in life. Just let that be you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let that be your experience. Don't feel like that you are falling short of being the character. Add that in to what yeah. the character is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's and, great, great yeah. advice. Yeah, well, it's... it's because you can't I put yourself to. up as an actor saying, geez, I, you know, I'm not masculine the way that the, the right. writer wants me to do. I'm but, not the right. great lover Yeah, um, that the play, when I read the play, I see this as a great lover yeah. and I'm not that guy. Yeah. But I tell myself... Be this guy. I tell myself as an actor, hey, listen, they cast me. So if they have a problem with it, that's on them. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give... My job is to give them all that I can mm-hmm. and to hit all the beats that I know of and give them what they saw when I auditioned for it. So, but one thing you were saying, Jen, the show's over, but you still feel that need to mm-hmm. continue to perform. And, and you know, I've mm-hmm. definitely felt that. And so I take it that was the thing that sort of motivated what you guys are doing right now. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> almost everything, every project that we've brought to fruition has mm-hmm. become something that we self-produced in some way or just um, an idea that was like birthed into something bigger than us and let us bring in other people in our community. Um, and, you know, I mean, as a woman, like, there's there's a lot of competition for us as performers. And, you know, it, it, it falls into, like, these aspects of, you know, talking about whether you're right for a part or not. I mean, up until recently, you really had to be, like, an ingenue to play an ingenue oh, role. We, we, right. We've had we've had these concessions before too, yeah. So mm. you know that was that's been really frustrating for me as a performer and I just feel like I mean there's gatekeepers in every aspect of yes. this industry. Yeah. Yep. But as a performer, you're literally powerless um, until you take it into your own hands. Right. When you can have your own production company and you can create mm-hmm. a safe environment where you're like, you know what, I can be whoever I want to be. And let's just do something for ourselves. Right. You're, you're absolutely right. What brought you guys back? What brought you guys to the Bay? You know, you, you, well, you we were in co- any city. Yeah, we had a, the food truck and the catering company in Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were coming out to San Francisco to do some, like, R&D with menu stuff. You know, mm-hmm. we'd come out probably once a quarter, eat at about a half dozen different places, a little app here, a little dessert there, Mm -hmm. and just try different flavors and and texture profiles. Because, I mean, San Francisco, again, one of the greatest cities in the world. Mm -hmm. And culinarily, we we take our space for granted, whether you're in Oakland or Berkeley or San Francisco, Pacifica even. We are so blessed to have the talent in our area that Mm -hmm. we have. And so we wanted some of those ideas and bring them back home. And Mm -hmm. we did. And it was remarkable the the reaction we got from our Tahoe peeps. Mm -hmm. But 
at the end of the day, you're still limited. There's still a ceiling there. And when the arts, when, as we call it, temple, when yeah. the temple calls you home and, and is, is wanting you to do more and contribute more and give more, you have to go with that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we had a, 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 an opportunity to sell our company, not for a great profit or anything. I think it, we made it like five and, months yeah. in the city. But it, it was everything we needed to lay some basic groundwork we got involved. Actually, we started off in the singer-songwriter circle because we were playing some live music and we mm-hmm. wanted to learn about the venues and stuff. Mm. So we encircled ourselves with that. But a few months later, it was, um, well, you had met Alan Menash mm-hmm. in that circle, mm-hmm. uh, a really local, great singer-songwriter guy mm. who recently passed away, mm. a beautiful soul. But he was actually Jen's first friend musically in town. Mm-hmm. And then from there, she just expanded out, um, mm-hmm. and she really started running for it. And I'm sorry for constantly talking for you here. Mm-hmm. But with the Oregon Trail pages, with the musical cafe showcase you did, mm-hmm. I feel like I that's when that. you really made your mark on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, was, I was just thinking about it. So are you is – you're a, song, you're a singer-songwriter – thing i mean it's it's just one play does one do the lyrics does one do the no so i basically write all the music and lyrics and um it was mostly my writing and then we um started performing together we we got together kind of like a band thing for a while started Mm -hmm. doing like the band shows we played all over the bay we were i mean one year we played like 100 shows a year we were playing a lot um And then, yeah, the musical theater thing just kind of drew us back. Um, And then so I was writing shows um, for for years. I've started several projects. um, And then recently, Matt's kind of come back into the loop again. Uh, We're we're co-writing a show together right now that's uh, based on the open mic scene in, Mm. in the city and kind of about venues closing it's it's about a cafe where this open mic takes place and um it's shutting down due to the rent skyrocketing Uh, um so it's about like the last night of this open mic um oh Oh, wow so that's the show that we're developing together we've been Mm. doing the the book writing together and uh we basically just wanted a show that we could take back to our friends um, in the northern Nevada Tahoe area because these huge projects that I'm working on are taking years and years and years and all these people back home are like, when are we going to get to do something? So we just kind of put this together as like something quick that we could kind of put together. Quick. Um, (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so we're working with a theater company back in Carson City. Um, They're their musical development initiative. It's a place called Wild Horse Stage Company. Mm. And so that show, we're going to have our first like reading um, and developmental work on October 1st. Yay! So, very yeah. nice. Very yeah. nice. Now, do you guys work with a band? I mean, do you have like drummers and... No, and- not really. We... So I have a drumming past, but we have also invested in this wonderful device called the Beat Buddy. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's just a drummer pedal that has uh, thousands of different beats, beats drums, right. fills, sure, sure, all kinds of fun stuff. And, and if there's something special we have to create, then we can, yeah. you know, like I'll create that for. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, is it basically just piano based, or uh, do you add other tracks? Like, so um, I basically do a lot of the track work. I mean, dependent on like the song and what it calls for and mm-hmm. stuff. I I put together some basic ideas. Usually, it's a, it's more than just piano. 
um, just to give me that. I'm very beat driven, I think, mm. when I'm composing. So I like the beats and the modern sounds and and different aspects to pull me into whatever genre I'm writing. Um, and then when it gets further along down the development alley, I I work with a, an arranger orchestrator very who nice. kind of goes through everything and we work together and kind of compose like the final product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now that is very, very awesome. So how did you get involved with Musical Cafe? It sounds like you, because I got involved in Musical Cafe in 20, it was 27, was it 2017? Yes, it was 2017 because that's when, when I brought... Nia? <clears throat> yeah, Nia. That's mm-hmm. when I brought Corinne Ritchie, and then, you know, Four Men in Paris happened after that in right, 2018. Right, yep. So yeah. it was 2017. So, yeah, how did you guys get involved in Musical Cafe? So I saw that they were giving a workshop with Min, Min Kong um, in Berkeley, and it was one of those things where you bring your piece, and he kind of gives feedback. Um, so I took a, a song to it and just connected with everyone so, so deeply. And so they, I did their showcase in the spring mm-hmm. of 2018. Um, and then we did a lot of like volunteer work with them through the years. Whenever they would have like an event or like mm-hmm. workshops or something, we would help out. Um, yeah, that's how I met And you then uh, they invited us to be on the board. Uh, so we've been kind of dabbling in that side of things. And the pandemic hit and... I really saw an opportunity for songwriters to have a need for a community. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when we pitched the whole song salon thing, and it's really just kind of exploded since then. We're about yeah. to have our two-year anniversary. Yay! Yay! Woo! So talk more about the song salon. Is that sort of just an open mic thing for uh, musical songwriters? Yeah, that's actually a great way of putting it. <laughs> that's really great. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's part open mic. It's part getting on the doctor's couch and yeah. just letting it all Commiserating. out. Commiserating. Yeah. Um, it's sharing, um, you know, what Process. we're going through. And yeah, um, mm-hmm. a few months we would bring in special speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, Rona one time. Yeah, we had... Uh, Rona Siddiqui? Uh-huh. Yeah, I worked with her a long time. And she, she was one of those who came out of the um, darkroom theater. Yes. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah, she was yeah. like the piano lady for that. Oh, she's and so before awesome. she went before she went on to Broadway and doing I all sorts know. of amazing things. I'm so proud wow. of her. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so Kilbanes we, yeah, and the Kilbanes and, and, oh, yeah? Min Kong and Damn. Jay Adana and mm-hmm. um, yeah, we've so they come on and just talk a little bit about their process, let people ask questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's mostly just a group of of musical theater writers. We get together and we share our work at whatever stage of the process. It could be just like a bare mm-hmm. song. It could be like a full fledged video or a performance. And we play the song over Zoom, and then we flood the comments with with or the chat with comments about um just lifting each other up mm-hmm. and a, a lot of like just commiserating and mm-hmm. and talking about you know how important it is to to just create something yeah. and the magical uh, there, there's a lot of magic that happens in the room mm-hmm. of of support and you know people bring these stories in of, you know, I was beating my head on this and someone heard it and they said, you know, this is just terrible or why are you writing about oh. this? Mm. Oh, that's and, not good, yeah. And th- you'd mentioned earlier mm-hmm. about having a safe space. Yes. Right. That's crucial in mm-hmm. creation. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so imperative to have that. And that's definitely what we've tried to create mm-hmm. with this song, Salon, mm-hmm. is a place for, and it's not just local people. 
It's people actually from all over the world. We've got someone from Brazil and Thailand, oh. and as well as people from across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And here locally, it's... It sounds like you guys have done an excellent job networking. I mean, when you bring in someone like Rona Siddiqui and uh, mm-hmm. some of the others, it's like, wow, you know, because creating it is one thing, but bringing people in and networking and getting the word out, that's... It's yeah. a different talent. <laughs> we we really believe that relationships are everything and mm-hmm. that like that's something that we will always have as our power over the gatekeepers and like this journey is just so deep and rich you you never know who you're going to need help with or who mm-hmm. you can help along the way. And it's it's really given us like a community of people across the country. In fact, last week one of our members he stayed with another member in New York and went oh, to like excellent. go go see shows and like mm-hmm. it, it, we met with uh, another one of our members from Michigan last week. He came out and you know we're just able to really support each other. Oh, that is awesome. It's funny when I I'm a bit of a historian. I I, I have a I've um. A collection of documentaries, the history of rock and roll, and oh, it cool. talks about the Brill Building, and I'm sure we all know about the Brill Building. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a section where they talk about everyone gathering together around a piano, Lieber and Stoller and and Peter Weil, and uh, I forget the woman's name who um, is the an incredible. Um, oh shucks, my my mind is gone. Mm. She, she's a famous songwriter. Um, Carol Will you King? still Carol King? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but right. they would all and Doc Pomus and all of those folks would gather around the piano and mm-hmm. just you know throw out songs, yeah. and give each other encouragement, mm-hmm. and of course magic happened out of that. And right. there's so many. And I think about that when I think about uh, this right here, Song Salon, mm-hmm. where you have just a wonderful environment, and we hear about playwrights having venues like you know the Pear Theater and Dragon Eggs, mm-hmm. and all of these have these repositories where. Writers and of course right. playground, they right. do the same thing. But you don't hear it about songwriters having mm-hmm. a repository where they can come in. Hey, I've got a little two-minute song, mm-hmm. and I have no idea where I'm going to go with it, or I, right. you know, maybe I need more chords, or I need you know more lyrics. I'm trapped. You know, where can mm-hmm. I break out? And this sounds like a wonderful venue for it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's you know because we can if you have a specific question to ask, like, is there a problem with this? What could I do to dig out of this bridge or whatever? Mm -hmm. Then people are very helpful with offering their feedback, but we're also very careful of not saying the wrong thing to someone and offering Mm -hmm. feedback that's not going to be helpful down the road. Right, Right. exactly. Constructive criticism, Mm -hmm. criticism Mm -hmm. that helps, but also can help you move forward. And again, it's it's constructive criticism that is based off a request for it. Yes. Right. It will not be given unless it's requested yeah, because you don't yeah, have everyone's something got specific, an opinion. Specific. It's going to be a lot of like great job sort of stuff and, and just respecting the fact that you made something. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Where do you? No, it s- sounds like a wonderfully safe space. <clears throat> yeah, you guys should stop. Yeah, back you guys sometime. should come and hang out with <laughs> us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let us know. Well, you'll give us a link so that sure. we know Absolutely. where. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Now, is it purely Zoom or is there a, a physical place to go as well? It's purely Zoom right now. We're looking to do something like locally for our local people, but, you know, we're so spread across the country right now that um, uh, our big 
gathering is better on Zoom. Sure. Um, but we definitely... We, we might have to hit uh, Big Daddy at, yeah, uh, at Play Cafe to get some <laughs> get some funds Richard to throw a little Jennings something to get party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamie Greenblatt, I know you're listening. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've had both of them on, yeah. and uh, they're wonderful people. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the Musical Cafe, you know, that's, that's what they want to do. And they... Right. It, I feel like there's like a seed, and there's this great tree that grows out of... The musical cafe, which came out of the play cafe, like right. you know, this, you know, this is it's a uh, a wonderful thing. How mm-hmm. how long do you think s- this organization will last? Do you see yourself lasting another five, ten, fifteen years or so? That's a great great question. <clears throat> I think so. You know, there's a lot of passion by the people that run it now, and I think that they're very aware of what it's going to take for the longevity to keep it open. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're very um, in search of new new board members, new people that want to help out in any aspect of, of the program. <clears throat> and, you know, that's the goal is to keep it going and to keep these opportunities for people going because, like, that's the last thing that we want is, you know, another exit. We want to... We want to keep this uh, program up and running. And and it's more than just keeping it up and running. It's about growing mm-hmm. yes. with the ever-changing environment mm-hmm. of musical theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the last thing you want to do is go in tomorrow and do what you did yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let, let's, let's change it up. And what, mm-hmm. one of the things that we're seeing with Play Cafe and Musical Cafe is they're wanting to change. And I think that's mm-hmm. why they're surrounding themselves with, you know... Dare I say, a younger generation? Well, yeah, yeah. I, and I've seen the evolution. We've actually talked in other podcasts where there was a time where musical theater was R- Rodgers and Hammerstein, or I guess it began with Gilbert and Sullivan in the late nineteenth century. Um, mm. And then you had Stephen Sondheim coming in and bringing in a it new completely energy. breaking yeah. the mold. I, I, yeah. I jumped over R- Rodgers and Hammerstein, and then you had Andrew Lloyd Webber right. come in with his energy. And Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar and all of that stuff. And now you have uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and bringing mm-hmm. in rap mm-hmm. right. and all of that stuff. So there's an interesting energy in the evolution of musical theater. Uh, and, it will, you know, what happens next, who knows? But it's, it's, so it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, I'm well, here for it. There's no bounds, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's the way theater throughout the centuries has always been and should be. Mm-hmm. There's no bounds. What I love what's happening now yeah. mm-hmm. is we're actually getting out of the theaters. We're getting into environments where we can perform without walls, without right. ceilings, without yeah. these. Right. And this fully immersive environment that we're creating for our audiences to be a part of, mm-hmm. I believe that's where we're headed yeah. at, at, for our future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You put, you know, uh, was it James Gordon who did the the crosswalk musicals? Gordon, yeah. Did you ever see that? No. Oh, they, Gordon. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Who the does little the mini driving thing. Yeah. Yeah. I did mean, what? you have these little beautiful moments. He did crosswalk the musical where the light would change and then people would be sitting at their cars waiting for the light and they would come out of the crosswalks and do a whole musical number. Oh, that's awesome! It was fully cool. immersive. Forty-five seconds. Yeah. Right. You whip it out and then they'd run back when the light yeah. would change. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I believe people want that. I mean, look, yeah. we've been jonesing for three years since this COVID thing, man. Exactly. Like, yeah. People yeah. not only want it, we have to shove it down their throats because they deserve it. They're worth yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's funny because I saw a YouTube video, something similar to that. I think uh, there was a man proposing to his wife and he got a massive amount of people 
out on the streets to just do like a, a flash spontaneous mob. flash yeah. mob yeah. musical thing or whatever. Yeah. Where he proposed to her. Luckily, she said yes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I had to do all of that, and she said no. But yeah, yeah, that immersive theater where it's there are no bounds mm-hmm. it can be just out on the streets and James Corden I think of him when I think of the um, his, you know he jumps into a cab or a car right. and he has yes. a celebrity with him the and they start yes. singing and they yeah. start karaoke in the car mm-hmm. so different ways of thinking about music now what's interesting about the two of you you both have been involved in business before that you know a lot of uh, us are artists and we have no concept of how to handle things on a business perspective but i think you have both of those perspectives talk to us about the i guess the business aspect of it like uh, just marketing yourselves and uh, thinking about just how to manage i don't know um money and all that sort of stuff <laughs> well, what's when great you is figure that out let us know what, what's right. great is there's very little money to manage yes. so that kind of works itself out sure um i do work in the professional world um i am a uh, regional operations manager for a corporate dining company mm-hmm. so um it it's i i'm around a lot of that big business stuff and it i love it i'm passionate about it my number one passion in it is the people and making sure they feel lifted up and enjoying coming to their job every day, whether it's my executive chef, yeah. my admin, my frontline service staff, my truck drivers. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. My goal mm-hmm. is to make sure they have a great time at work and they feel good and they feel supported. That comes from a theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally do not apply a lot of my business stuff except my manners Mm -hmm. to what we do because Jen is actually the one who handles all the communications, all the marketing, all those ideas. She's learned digital graphics. She's learned. I mean, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades (laughs) in this business. Like you need to, yeah, yeah, you need to know how, how to, edit your photos, how to edit right. videos, how to edit sound bites, how to put yourself on all the social media, blah, blah, yep, blah, yep. you know, and, and you just constantly have to be trying to dip your toes in and learn a little bit at a time. Yeah. You know, ultimately it, it all comes back to relationships, yeah. you know, whether it's a big relationship you're trying to build or a small relationship. Um, you know, like I had all these women that I really respected in like the Broadway world, in the theater world, mm-hmm. um, everyone from like producers to directors to historians. And I was like, well, you know what? I want to, I want a relationship with these people. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to them over social media and I came up with a project where I basically did these interviews with these women and, um, I'm writing songs based on that, on these interviews. Awesome. awesome. And, you know, not only did it give me, like, the foot in the door kind of a little bit with these people, Mm -hmm. um, but they sat down with me and they gave me their time and they were so open about, like, what was helpful for them and, like, little little tidbits of secrets in all their different crafts from, like, wig making to scenic design Mm -hmm. and there was something that I learned that was completely deep and relevant with each person and... That is through our whole industry. I mean, every single person you meet in the theater has something to give back and offer you. And it's about taking the time to have a conversation and and continue to develop it along the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the flexibility of wanting to learn. You know, there are a lot of people who are trapped into, hey, this is what I do. I don't want to... 
right. expand or whatever. Yeah. I want to just live in my own universe. And yeah. creators, we we are famous for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good that you have the flexibility to say, you know, I need to learn a little more. So let me yeah. just listen and grow. And but, we live in a world where these people are at our fingertips. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, you can, you can tweet ever. them and, and, you know, you might not hear back, but you might hear back. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you direct as well? I mean, do do you bring in people? I imagine you would have, like, say, an ensemble or a cast. And do you, because that's another hat as well. Right. So we've done different things with our projects. Um, I've worked with Aaron Merritt here locally a lot. Hey, we've had her on. I know. I watched that episode. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And and then we we also run um, a business ourselves that's called Broadway for the Boardroom. And we basically try to take a company's like motto or um, their story about how they came about, and we actually put that into a musical format. Uh-huh. And we write a show based on their business, and then they put it on at like conventions and stuff. Huh. Um, so those shows, it's Matt, Matt has directed those for mm-hmm. us. Um, yeah, it's that's a nice way to bring my professional side into what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Broadway for the boardroom is you can take their onboarding program. You can take their, um, their human resources uh-huh. information, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you can and make that into a musical. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, exactly. We've, we've really found that like every business has like that passionate storyline running yeah. through it. And yeah. every person that works a job wants to feel like, Oh, I make a difference in this yes, world. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. nothing else shows that like a show with someone singing About and dancing, you. being right. like, I'm making a difference in this world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that is awesome. And I imagine yeah. connecting into the corporate world that could bring in some money too. Yeah, that's uh, those you are know. like the shows that actually pay us. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, most of them we have to pay to self-produce, but mm-hmm. those are nice. Those cool. are nice. Uh, we should probably wrap it up. It's one oh four. Where do you see yourselves in the future, five, ten years from now? Do you think you'll be here? Do you want to go to New York? Do you want to? I don't know. Go to. LA? I mean, who doesn't want to go to New York, right? Mm. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we actually just yeah, had this discussion. We are, yeah, we're like, you know what? This is this is the place where we can like see ourselves breaking through mm. to something. You know, we don't want to like be rich and famous. We just want to put out great storytelling and to involve other people and create a community about it. Right. And that is something that we can do in the Bay Area. You know, mm-hmm. it's very accessible here. New York is very competitive. Right. And, I mean, you've got little 16-year-old kids that are killing it. They're so talented. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's anywhere, but it's it's about building a community and... Um, you know, I think that through the Bay Area, it's really accessible in person. And then you have Zoom and, and mm-hmm. you have the song salon and right. and you can make friends anywhere. Not for nothing, but the world of social media is wonderful. When um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's first kid was born, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, he, fr- he said he his first... He was like a toddler. He was like a toddler. He, he, he posted about uh, his son saying this sentence about having a loaf of bread. And Jen was like, I'm going to write a rap song about that for him. <laughs> she had it posted in 30 minutes. Wow. Well, and Lynn turned around. Hours. Lynn turned around and we tw- retweeted it for her. Wow. And yeah, just like. That's pretty cool. So there's never a doubt to me yeah. that she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing. You know, and that's just one aspect of something that, that, yeah. that's happened like that. Mm-hmm. And so I would say at the end of the day, anyone who's listening, 
follow this passion of yours. Yeah. St- you know, the arts are so important and everyone's saying it, but man, I'm going to jump right on that bandwagon. We need the arts right now oh, more yeah. than ever. Yes, oh, yeah. Our country needs arts. Mm-hmm. You need to be putting art out because if we don't have art, we're not going to have a, a, a conversation. Yeah. yeah. That's the reality. Yeah. And conversation is the operative word because there are a lot of people who are not talking and not yep. listening to each other. Correct. Right. And there's no better way to have that than, than, than the arts because it's a great way. You think you're being entertained and all of a sudden you get educated as to mm-hmm. how right. other people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's been the, the storyline of pretty much everyone that we've had on the Yay. Uh, we had uh, um, Virginia Blanco, who uh, wrote the piece Las Azadui, which is about mm-hmm. a, um, a woman in 1815 who helped liberate, um, um, is it, it's not Brazil, it's um, oh, um, Paraguay, it's... no, uh, Bolivia, Bolivia. Bolivia, yeah. But in any case, it's a parallel to what's happening now. And everyone, all sorts of creatives are saying, hey, I'm going to take the subject matter and talk about how I feel and how I'm being affected mm-hmm. by the country and by what's happening, what's not happening, mm-hmm. and direct it into the arts. So it's another wonderful thing. And the flexibility of you writing a rap song. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> – I, I love hearing stories about that, you mm-hmm. know, because you think someone may be trapped in only writing, I don't know, country or, you know, yeah. whatever it is regionally. But you say, you know what, I could do other things too. Yeah, I so mean, that's cool. For me, it was hearing Hamilton. We were crossing the Bay Bridge and like just hearing that opening number. Mm-hmm. It was life changing for me. I mean, I was already deep into the theater. Yeah. But hearing that just, I mean, we were driving across the bridge and I just had tears streaming mm. down my face. I turned mm. them out and I said, I need to write musical theater. What am I doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's just be inspired about everything because you never know where it's going to come from and mm-hmm. you know we're all just taking bits and pieces from different parts of our life and right that's exactly right and that's, that's exactly why it's right. relatable to others and, right there's somebody out there who <laughs> needs to hear that needs to be reminded of that yeah. even if it's nothing more than just to reflect this is an experience that you may understand you're not alone mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly and to have that feeling of being hit you know by yeah. art mm-hmm. not just you know absorbing it but just having it Hits you Change deeper you. Mm-hmm. than even you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And dare we say to anyone who may be listening who's just considering writing a play, writing a song, mm-hmm. stop considering it. Tell your story. Yeah. That's exactly Get right. your story Get out, there. out there. If only one other person hears it, yeah. you succeeded. Mm-hmm. So yeah. write your stories. It'll yeah. haunt you otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're going to definitely push Song Salon because there, yeah. I'm sure there are a bunch of folks out there who are like, oh, yeah, I have this little ditty of a song, but I, yeah. I you know, whatever. Right. I'm not going to do anything. Just put it out there. Yeah. You have no idea what will happen if you, you know, mm-hmm. bring it to a bunch of folks and then they inspire you. Yeah, you right. And then know. your creative juices keep rolling and then you write more and more and more. And magic happens. Yes, it, it does. does. Give yourself a chance. <laughs> You so. can't stop people from doing it. It's nice to create a place where they can feel mm-hmm. safe. Yeah. And one one last question. Tell us a love story. How did you guys, I mean, you guys were singing opera, um, opera songs to each other, love songs, but is Italian, there anything more yeah. to the love story? 
Well, well, we truly believe that we like met in a different life, uh, <laughs> and hey. we had a whole plan to be like, all right, there's a canal in the middle of the desert in the brightest spot in the world. <laughs> Let's meet there. <laughs> I mean, we we definitely just feel like we're soulmates, and every aspect of our lives is is really only meaningful through each other. Sorry, yeah, yeah, mom and dad. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's like the greatest human being I've ever met. Yeah, she just... loves others so unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, and she has the quirkiest sense of humor. Uh-huh. And she's Yeah, a... we find that through laughing, we're, we're able to get through. And food. Laughing and food. We we're love able to get food. Anything. That's something we didn't <laughs> talk about. We love to cook. No, when, you, when you talked about the Bay Area, I was like, I, I went to LA, I have family down in LA. Went to LA, decided for some reason I wanted a fruit salad. Nice. And so I just went to, there was a little cafe, a little sandwich shop or something. I went and I ordered fruit salad, not thinking I know LA, I should know better. <laughs> because here you can go, in San Francisco, you can go to a little corner store and if it says there's a sign for fruit salad, there's going to be a fruit. Somebody chop that up. It's going to be there. Nope. This stuff that came out of a can came in a bowl. Oh, and I was like, no, mm, I can't eat. This is soup. This oh, is right. sweet soup. <laughs> yeah. 1950s fruit but salad. Bay Area, we just, it's <laughs> everywhere. And yeah, we get to just sort of take it for granted. We do. You know, we, a lot of people are like, oh, we have the greatest food in the country out here in California. We have some of the greatest food in the world. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. of our agriculture, oh, yeah. because yeah. of our waters, because yep. of our farmlands. Because yeah. of the diversity and the people. I mean, you can literally walk around the block and eat from 10 different countries. Right. I mean, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I do worry about the Bay Area. I mean, I was just walking through downtown and there's so many stores that have closed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. No. Oh, yeah. It just, uh, and, and I was saying, you know, I came here in 97 and I hate to see the city change yeah. for the worse. Yeah. I'm sure there will be a rebound, but. Mm-hmm. There'll be something. Yeah. Well, Look, it's all a tide. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. all a tide. Yeah. We might be at a low tide right now. Yep. That's that right. tide's going to come back it. up. I yep. do. I believe that. Yes. And the objective is, is to hang around and, you know, especially as artists. Well, and I'm yeah. totally fine with those people who feel like for whatever reason, now's a good time to go Move somewhere on. else. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Because I moved to the Bay Area and I didn't know I would stay. Right. I moved here because I didn't like L.A. And I moved here. And I didn't really like San Francisco. There's something amazing about it, but I didn't like it. And then I landed in Oakland. And again, I didn't go, oh, gosh, I found my place. But I started looking around me and I was like, wow, I like this. And I like the convenience of that. And I like the, you know, my neighbors. I was out in the yard yesterday doing all this, you know, weeding and and yard work. And people were like stopping and chatting with me. People who barely speak English are stopping and chatting with me. There's a little Asian guy who lives around the corner and he stopped and he started talking to Mm -hmm. me about the yard. And I'm like, I can't understand half of what you're saying, but I love that you think that we can just talk. Yeah. And then shortly after that, a homeless guy, a Latino comes by and he stops and has a long conversation (laughs) with me as I'm sweeping up the sidewalk. And I'm like, okay, dude, I'm, I'm actually going to go do uh, something else because I've, I've taken care of all, all I yeah. can do here. I'm like, this is my neighborhood. This is where I live. 
Yeah, I like this. <laughs> yeah, and I've had that same feeling as well. I mean, just you know, just people stopping, like I relax in the hot tub, and mm-hmm. there's mm. this white guy, and uh, you know, we come from totally different cultures or whatever, and he, mm. and he just wanted to talk about Jordan Peele. <laughs> wow. <laughs> get out and this and that and the other. I'm like, okay, mm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can have an environment where people are free enough to talk to you. And I had no idea yeah. when I first came here that there was such a rich theater environment. And I was like, well, right. I can jump right back in. And yep. that's when you talk about having a safe environment, an environment where you can actually grow your talent because there are no gatekeepers to yep. push you away. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. I mean, I jumped into Bay Stage. I jumped into East Enders Repertory Company, which opened up other doors. Mm-hmm. And doors are still opening as of right now. I've been on, three, right. I've been on stage <clears throat> for three companies, and I didn't audition for any of them. I just, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I just got, yeah. a, got a call you or a text a message call, saying, right. hey, we need somebody, you know. Can we do a Zoom thing? And I did it, and, you know, boom, it's right there. So, Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, you know, throughout history, we've had a huge, huge issue in theater elsewhere mm. with, you know, the overlooking of POC, people of color, oh, sure. for yeah. parts and stuff. Yeah. And then over COVID, you know, that living document came out. And yeah. I think so. Eli Corzilla. Yeah. yeah. We, we had him on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious for yourselves personally, mm-hmm. have you felt a shift I'll let you go first, Norman. Oh, no. I'm. What I'm feeling right now is a shift back. Like, it's funny because I've been interviewed for the show in Point Richmond. And, um, and I got interviewed for the paper. It actually ended up in the Mercury News, which I was very, very happy about. Mm-hmm. But um, I told the guy, I, when he emailed me about doing the interview, I said, we can do, I don't know if you want to do this with the playwright. We can do that. And then I will have to have a very polite conversation about this. Or... If you want to just one-on-one, I can talk a little bit about the struggles. This is a theater that has, what's, there's, they've even come up with a word, a term for, you know, they have traditionally just been mostly white. Mm-hmm. There's been some other folks on their stages, but mostly it's been just white, white, white. So they do this black play, and they seem caught off guard by the fact that nobody, nobody comes auditioned. to audition. Right. And I was like, well... Mm-hmm. Everybody, even if there are black people in your community, there are some there, um, they pass by this place and all they ever see are white faces, white faces, mm-hmm. yep. white faces. Yep. So when they see even an audition notice for a show, they pay no attention to it. So it is your job to do that extra work. And then yep. we, we're going to do the show. I'm having trouble finding people. So I get a guy and he's got dreads down to here, down past his shoulders. And this play is set in 1926. So I told him when I offered him the role, we would probably need to wig you. And he says, no problem. I'd say this to the costumer, and she says, well, I don't know anything about black hair. I, I think maybe if he just ties it back and we put a hat on him, nobody will notice. I'm like, no. Not only are they not, are not you know, going to notice, yeah. but you are in danger of being very culturally insensitive. Mm-hmm. That is what your audience is going to think if yeah. you do that. And then when we got the wig and we put it on him, it actually turned out not to be a hard process. She kept saying, I think it's going to look stupid and I don't want to try. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you need to try. You Mm -hmm. need to get out of your comfort zone. So I feel like that document set us up for that. And we had a wonderful beginning of a conversation. And now we're going to have to hold people's feet to the fire and say, no, 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 no going back. Go forward. Yeah, I um, we had Eli Sonny Orkiza on. You weren't even around. And right. actually, we had him on before he put out The Living Document. Mm. Uh, great Philippine actor, and I worked with him in the um, Playwright Center for San Francisco. Um, 
I do believe, I, I believe people are trying, but I'm, I'm struck with what you said, Jen, or we talked about uh, just being open enough to accept other cultures, mm-hmm. not just saying, oh, we need a black person. Okay, you, we'll hire you. Mm-hmm. But actually learning about the culture, understanding what it is to be either black or Asian or Latino or mm-hmm. whatever, or gay or lesbian or, you know, right. uh, transgendered or anything like that. If you're going to take up something like that, like mm-hmm. I'll tell you two quick stories. So I was cast in one show, a uh, Bindlestiff show, and they had written in the play a black actor, uh, I mean, a black uh, character. character. And I was a love interest. And, um, I interviewed the director and I was like, you know, I'm I'm sorry, the uh, playwright. And I said, why did you put a black actor in here? Because black uh, character, because this is really a Philippine play. And it's like, I really wanted to get into multiculturalism and I really wanted to see how, write about how cultures sort of intermingle together and how it could be a wonderful fusion. The play was all about... um, Philippine old culture, basically lechon. They love to eat lechon, uh, and that's mm-hmm. sort of a, a Philippine version of uh, pork, basically. It's like chitlins and, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Wonderful culturally, but not very healthy. And so the player mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about how to eat healthily and create new cultures, mm. including bringing in a new culture like a black culture, which was really fascinating. And he did a lot of research and reading it as a black person, I was like, wow, this feels right. This feels cool. Mm-hmm. And I want to do this thing. And as a plus, they paid me very well, nice. <laughs> which meant that they not just, it, and it's very, it's very different from having someone say, oh, geez, there's this our document out. We better get, we better get some color in here. Okay. Let me grab this Latino person. Okay. Come on. You, let's, you're going to, we're going to do sense and sensibilities. <laughs> we're going to do Oklahoma. We're going to have mm-hmm. a black person do it. And that may feel like progress, but it really isn't because all you're really doing is just, you know, it's like we're the seasoning of, you know, this thing that's already been made Mm. instead of really making an effort. Right. And I think that's the real issue. And of course, with gatekeepers, you know, it's I hate to get into imperialism, but, you know, people want to be diverse, but they don't want to give up their power. Mm hmm. Right. Yes. John Tracy talked about this when he was on. He, mm-hmm. And he basically says, hey, we want to go. He was involved in what theater first, the theater right? Theater first. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And he gave up his position. He was yep. like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm going to give up my position to give space to someone else yep. mm-hmm. who can do not necessarily a better job than I can, but can see it from a different lens. Right. Yep. And it takes great courage to do that. Not that I'm saying that all white gatekeepers need to walk away. You can have woke. I mean, I've, I've worked with, there was a, a wonderful director, Susan Evans, who worked with me for a very, very long time. She was the artistic director of EastEnders. And she brought in some wonderful plays mm-hmm. that was very, very diverse. We did uh, statements, uh, the right. Ethel Fugard piece, right. about a black man who is cheating on his wife with a white woman at a time where if you do that, they'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I was like, wow, that is fantastic. So to answer your question, are things changing? I think they're ch- for some areas, they're changing for the better. For some, they've never needed changing. For some theater companies, they've always been woke and open to diverse storytelling. Um, I think of Shotgun Players. You know, they're doing a piece right now, which is uh, awesome. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of it right now. Uh, actually, I have it. I bet you have it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me hide. I've got too many screens up on here. Okay, here we go. Uh... Shame, I, I should know this right on my tip to my uh, tongue. Well, while you're looking, I will say, yeah. I, I feel like, I want theater companies to have Man their own identity. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I want the theater companies to have their own identity. So, you know, that's fine. If you want to have your little niche and stay in that box, we need that too. But just recognize that there's a larger community that you are a part of, mm-hmm. and how does that fit? Because if you are just closing people out, well, that's not good. Yeah. But if you want to focus on, I really, you know, um, Golden Thread does Middle Eastern theater. That's mm-hmm. their mission. That's what they do. I don't know if there's a whole lot of roles for me in that. Yeah. <clears throat> Occasionally but I mean, there is. But, but even, even the play that I'm doing now, Altarina, it's only a play. Right. Now, that's in Alameda. And the audience we've been getting is primarily white, older audience, and they yep. want their type of theater. Yep. But what Katina Lefeun, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her name right, what she's done, she's brought me in as an actor, and I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm the lead role, but I mean, I'm, I'm the, the play is basically about a playwright who's put up a play on Broadway and he's waiting for the reviews, mm. and I'm playing the playwright, mm-hmm. and it, it, the the person who originally did it was Matthew Broderick. Wow, right. <laughs> that's great. So she's making a statement, uh-huh. right. and I don't feel like, well, let's throw in a token black guy. I feel like I have some real substance mm-hmm. in it, mm-hmm. and I'm bringing something to it. You talked about this when you did yeah. Death of a Salesman. Yeah. I, I played the neighbor. Right, and, exactly. And they made a statement about having a black neighbor. Mm-hmm. Well, when the play talks about three decades of a relationship, I'm like, wait a minute. If I was a black man living next to you for three decades, we lived through some shit together. And the play doesn't focus on that. But knowing that just allowed, it allowed, a. it's funny, it's a role that you'd be easy for you to just sort of glance over when you read the play. But suddenly I went, no, we've just put this black man in where he's my peer. I'm the peer with Mm -hmm. the main character. He sees me as a peer. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. Just doing nothing else, just putting that in front of an audience, whether they recognize it or not, means they've got to to make space in the world that they live in to recognize people like me. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. please. So I love those places that are doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm tired of those places that are stuck and we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll basically say, well, this is what our audience wants. Well, you can always, I mean, and in the food industry, you guys have, I'm sure, have brought in all sorts of new things that the community may not be used to. But they might mm-hmm. they may say, oh, wow, this tastes differently. And what, this is fascinating. And mm-hmm. it's amazing because it's like standing at the front of the line with a spoon of it mm-hmm. and saying, here try this yes oh, uh-huh. in the theater yeah it's so important that we give people here's a little taste exactly right. this is what you mm-hmm. need to come back for that's yeah. exactly this right is, yeah. and have it taste and smell better than anything they've had yeah. before yeah. because that's what's out there waiting yeah. for them yeah. 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 yeah I think the problem is based on there's fear but there's also a little bit of entitlement as well oh of course so the entitlement yeah. of who you know who the hell is someone going to tell me what, you know, I, I've been running this theater for the last 50 years. Who's going to tell me to change? Right. right. But there's also the fear of, oh, my God, if I put this out there, the audience won't like it and we won't get an audience. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you're going to have to conquer those things, especially if you're going to work with actors, because the, the living document came because actors were like, hey, I'm sick and tired of getting on stage and telling someone else's story. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can talk about that myself. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep, so yep, we yep, were just ahead. part of something. <laughs> We were just part of something a few months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll leave names out, but <laughs> there was a number that we were doing, and it was, the the original part called for a black person to sing it, a black woman to sing it, and it wasn't when we went through this rehearsal, mm-hmm. and literally everybody in the show stopped, and we said, this is wrong, 
mm-hmm. and everyone in that cast stood up, and we addressed the director. And the director was like, well, but couldn't we? And we were like, no, no. Mm-hmm. we can't. Right. What was the issue? They they did not have a black actress mm-hmm. singing? It was like hairspray. Oh, oh yeah, right. And it was all white people. Ew. Um, so How can you even do the story? Yeah. Well, and again, this was just kind of a... a it was kind a, of a, a cabaret Yeah, show. cabaret-ish. This sure. was one of the numbers that was chosen. Sure. But if you choose to do something like that, yeah. you got to make sure you're, you're being conscious, yeah, you especially in this time. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. And not just conscious because you want to be <coughs> respectful. Conscious because you view and respect the theater mm-hmm. with everything you... The understanding that this has to grow and this has to continue on tomorrow to the next generation. Right, right. We're not going to do that by repeating the same mistakes yep, yesterday. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, you talked about collaboration and connecting with mm-hmm. people. It's easy. You know, they needed a black actress. There are black actresses out there. I mean, I've heard this excuse before. Well, I just, uh, we, we put it, something find, out there. We couldn't right. find anybody. Mm-hmm. How big is your, how big is your, uh, your, Reach. your circle yeah. of people that you talk to? I mean, it's going to take some work. And, you know, that's why you need people from all backgrounds and diversities in your your other side of the table. You know, you need them on the creative team. You need them in positions of power. You need people on the board that are helping make the right decisions. Exactly. Um, Because if you're just trying to cast a color, it's not going to come across. It's very surface. You need it at the roots. And sometimes issues like that reflect a mirror on the artistic director. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because it shows, oh, you couldn't cast a black person. Well, how big is your circle? How little is your circle? And and your circle is so much more than who you know, right? Yeah. It's who you know, who they know, too. Right, exactly. And are you building that network and bringing people in? I mean, you don't have to do a lot in this community to see, like, who people are. I mean, I knew of you both Mm -hmm. before I ever met you. Yeah. You know, like, this is a small town. Like, just dig in in a little bit and Mm -hmm. you're going to find lots of people. If you want to. You know, there's some people who, yeah. Some people are just lazy, you know? That's exactly right. And but but at the same time, they want to say, Well, we need to be diverse, so let's yep. do that. You gotta put in work to do it. Yep. Well, and Absolutely. that's you know, I I keep getting dragged into these diversity conversations and I'm happy to do it because I want things to be better. I want things to be more fair. Um but I also recognize that you can't just change everything overnight. So what I like is like the idea of making safe space. I like the idea that a conversation is invited. I like that you're thinking about ways to bring people in and making it easy for people to participate. Mm-hmm. And so I'm finding myself just sort of going organization by organization. Oh, I like them. I want to work for them again. Ooh, not so much these yep. people. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be careful. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm protecting myself. Yeah. And I'm going to not enter into this relationship easily. It doesn't mean I wouldn't work with them. Right. It just means I'll walk in the door kind of armored up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's you're going to temple. You yep. don't want to walk in there guarded. Right. No, I want to yep. I want to open up. Yeah. Yep. I want to be scared. Yeah. I want to go in and go, I'm not sure how we're going to pull this off, but we're aiming for this amazing thing. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've had companies 
to tell me, hey, we have a diversity problem. Right. You know, can can you help us out? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, I can. And there was one point where I did write very specifically, hey, listen, I walked into your one of your readings or whatever, and this is what I've noticed, and this and that and the other, mm. got no response back. So I'm mm. like, okay, you talk about wanting diversity, but you're not willing to put up the work. Yeah. And, and, and not everybody's going to get there at the same time. So yeah. let's identify those folks that are. and then Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and this okay. isn't a bag on people, you know. Yeah. This is, we have to have these conversations. Yep. Yes. We just yep. got to talk about it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that way it's normal. You That's right. Grow. Yeah. And you can say, listen, if no one else is going to be woke or if it's these or whatever, you can at least say that your organization is part of the solution. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so Song Salon is a safe place where people of all diversities can Absolutely. grow. Yeah. And, and that's we, a cool thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. You want to be like, we don't care who you are. We do care who you are. Right. We care that we you bring it. We want to know all about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we want to know you. And, yeah. it, you know, that's what matters. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. So let's, um, I mean, not that, I mean, I'm enjoying this conversation so we can, and thank you for the question because, you know, it's one of those things we have to keep on talking about. We do. Birthdays. Big pile of birthdays today. Damn. Dorian Lockett's birthday is today. Yeah. I had him on. (laughs) Um, Jesse Franklin Charles Vaughn. It's so funny because we've been doing this long enough now that these birthdays come around again. And I was like, oh, yay. (laughs) So this is one of the weirdest experiences I've had And I've seen other actors have it. Like, I saw a show where this white guy played the racist guy in the show. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, everybody's going up to all the black people and congratulating them. Nobody's talking to him. So I go over to him, and I'm like, dude, I loved your work. And he's like, you know, nobody ever talks to me. And I'm like, well, they're mistaking you for your character. That's weird. (laughs) Jesse is a young black guy, and I saw him in a show that I was horrified by his character. Horrified. Jesse and who? Jesse Franklin Charles Vaughn. He's oh, got, got he's it. Got okay. Four, yeah. <laughs> he's got three first names. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, after the show, because he knew me, he was actually dating somebody in Death of a Salesman. So he knew me. He was often there to see the show to get his girlfriend. And so he knew me. So he comes out from this show and he comes up to give me a big hug. And I was like, a serial killer is coming at me. I <laughs> so I have been apologizing for years and I will until I finally feel like he goes, okay, I get it. I, like, I, I'm so sorry I mistook your character. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, young playwright Daniel Holzman. His birthday is today or tomorrow. I will skip one for you. Josh Marks, um, actor who, if I was going to send anybody to Douglas Morrison, it would be Josh. Um, he is a fantastic, I've never seen him sing, but he's a singer, dancer, wonderful actor, director. Right uh, Stephen Bass is somebody that I met way back when I was at San Francisco State. Um, and um, we got connected through improv. And he came out to see the Mime Troop show. He walks up to me like, I'm not going to recognize him. I'm like, dude, I totally recognize him, <laughs> of course. Um, Cleavon Smith is a playwright. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, which is weird because I feel like our paths haven't directly crossed, but they keep, we mm-hmm. keep being connected. <laughs> uh, Tracy Potter, speaking of playwrights. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren English, who is at the San Francisco Playhouse. Uh, Anna Schneiderman, who was running the, um, oh God, what was, what's the name of the place um, on Broadway? Uh, Flight Deck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a Ragged Wing Ensemble. Mm. Uh, Luis Orpezo, who is no longer with us, but um, was an amazing Latino actor, director. 
Juliet Tanner, who will always be my sister. We did um, House on Mango Street, Sandra Cisneros' House on Mango Street, for years. They kept bringing this show back. <laughs> and then the last one I have is uh, Siobhan Doherty. And her, she's a wonderful actor, and she has been a little casting guru for years in the mm-hmm. Bay Area. Nice. Um, so that's who I've got for this week. So my birthday is today. Sheila Viramontes. We had her on with her sister. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, wonderful um, singing sisters. Yes. And uh, she, I think she's doing a cabaret uh, right now. Her birthday is today. A good friend of mine, Tracy Fong. She's not an actress, but she was involved in a reading of mine. I did a judicial process, and she participated in that. So. Ah. One, an individual who's like, oh, I'm not an actress, but, you know, let me let me do it what, what, for a day. So that was very cool. <laughs> uh, also today, Christy Newsom, there's a poster right behind you, Bat Boy, and she is the blonde, <laughs> the blonde woman who, uh, Bat Boy um, the musical. you know, the, yeah. and the two of them got married. They uh, that's you're looking at a love oh. story right there. They fell in love on stage. And now they have, I think, two children and they have their own theater company in Connecticut. Wow. Nice. What? So, her birthday is today. Happy birthday, Christy. Uh, and she also did Debbie Does Dallas the Musical, which is uh, oh. right, right around the corner there. Uh, Scott Munson, uh, one of my favorite uh, local playwrights. Mm-hmm. His birthday was on the first. A wonderful sense of humor. Yeah, fantastic sense of humor. Um, also, uh, September the 4th, which is tomorrow, Michael Vega, his birthday is uh, will be tomorrow. We've had him on. He, uh, I don't think you were around, but he... Um, I was on stage with him. We did 100 Years of, of Queer Theater, mm-hmm. a collaboration with um, East End Repertory Company and Theater Rhinoceros. And he's a fantastic actor. He is now in um, L.A. Mm. doing his thing. On the 5th, Julius Rea. Mm. I'm reviewing yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. He directed... No, he's, he, he wrote Sa Raphael. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so uh, he was fantastic, and he just loved being on the A. And I recently met him again. I was doing the Bindlestiff thing, and he showed up. So that was really cool. Also on the 5th, Kathy Ferber. And uh, I was on stage with her. We uh, did town hall theaters. Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, and she talked about her mother hobnobbing with uh, some of the uh, starlets and starlets of the 50s. So it was wonderful hearing wow. those stories when mm-hmm. she was on the A. So her birthday is tomorrow. Uh, Simon Kaplan, he uh, was a longtime stage manager for EastEnders mm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he's working with kids now. Uh, he turns 50 on the 6th, so happy birthday, Simon. And I think I have one more. Ben Couch. Ben Couch, we had him on way, way, way early mm-hmm. in the early years of the Yay. A um, a British actor uh, who uh, I was on stage with him when we did Bindlestiff, and he talked very much, very openly about being a sort of outcast gay British guy in America and how theater sort of just helped him find who he is. Wow. So it's very, wow. very cool. So those are the... Uh, Birthdays that I have uh, shows. Yeah, <laughs> Happy birthday, everybody! Um, I've just because I've been deep in the shows that I'm doing. That's all I know compared to what is at um, Point Richmond at the Maskers Playhouse, and it'll be going through September 24th. Um, maskers.org is the contact information for that. And then the Mime Troop show, which was just an amazing talk about yeah. getting a phone call and suddenly I'm in this show. And I'm like, that just seems to keep happening, which is very Yeah, nice. and you've been getting really, really cool reviews. Uh, and yeah, that, and that the, ends the reviews on the have been wonderful. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, they started with the idea of Ralph and Alice from the Honeymooners. 
um, only he's a bus driver, muni bus driver, mm-hmm. and he was furloughed. And it's true that they still have not brought back all the muni lines even yet. Oh, so, oh yeah. Um, but them trying to deal with the world and coming out, uh, not out of the pandemic, but out of lockdown, uh-huh. trying to get back to normal. So you're the Black Ralph? I am. I'm the guy on the poster, so I, I'm very happy yes. about that. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun, um, and I'll do the last. My last performance is tomorrow, and then uh, Michael Gene Sullivan will do the role on the last day. Yeah, so yeah. So that ends September ones. the fifth. Uh, but it's been an awful, a great, great run. Sfmt dot org. You can uh, find yep. that, and we have a link for that as well. Oh, and it's streaming only through Monday, but it's streaming so. It is available to be seen. Cool. Very cool. Where is it? Where is it streaming? Are you? Um, I forget I think, what. But I, I, look at the website. SFMT.org. If is you click onto that, then you can find that. T- yeah. Nice. And one of the cool things about doing the yay, like I've been checking out all of the uh, the apps. Sure. And all of the apps will have liner notes. You can click on the link even within that app. Yeah. And you'll find the web page of wherever you want to do. So that's really, oh, that's really great. cool. Uh, Pygmalion is uh, being done at the by the Orinda Starlight Village Players, September oh. the 9th through October the 1st. Alicia Von Kugelgen is in that show. We've had her on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plethos is doing Tiny Beautiful Things. Right, finally. Finally, September the 9th through the 18th. Oh, they got Lockdown. That was one of the mm-hmm. shows that... Right, exactly. Um, Ferocious Lotus is doing a thing called Water... Um, uh, Evolution series, and, and they're, they're doing a series of one-act plays. One of them is called Written in Water, written by Lisa Kong, and we've had her oh, on. And, okay. of course, Alan Coyne, because he's in everything, is yeah, in that. Is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'll be September the 6th through the 25th. The Coastal Repertory Theater is doing Christmas in Oz. That'll be December the 1st through the 18th. Huh. That's way, way, way long way. Oh, December. Dan- uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but Danny Martin will be directing that, and he's doing auditions for that right now. Oh, so, nice. And that's we've had Danny on, right. and so now he's, he's doing his directing debut. Yay. So that's awesome. Uh, Central Works is doing the Colored Museum, October the 15th through November the 13th. Elizabeth Carter is directing that. Wait a minute. The Colored Museum, like the George... Wolf show? Maybe. Wow. But yeah. Okay. So, so huh. that's happening. We've talked about compared to what the Maskers is doing that. Uh, you're directing it. Jake Fong, I hear, is doing an excellent job. He's a lot of fun. Yeah. So that'll end September the 24th. We have a link to that. We've talked about Back to the Way Things Were. Check that out. My play, It's Only a Play, the Altarina Theater, will be running until September the 11th. So check that out. Me and Ronnie Anderson, we've had him on the show. We're in it, as well as um, Kimberly Ridgway. (laughs) Uh, So check that out. We have a link there. Cal Shakes is still doing Lear, which is a uh, an adaptation of of King Lear. Don Monique Williams is co-directing the show, and Michael Ashbery is in the show. Check that out. Cal Shakes. Huh? And Belina Brown. Belina Brown. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Sense and Sensibilities is uh, being done at the Silicon Valley Shakespeare Company. It ends September the 4th, so it ends tomorrow. So the, tomorrow's the last day. Mm-hmm. Cynthia Lagozinski is in that show, and we've had her on. Uh, so check that out. Uh, Theater Brava is doing Songs for Larry. It's a workshop of a new musical. Melvin Battiel is producing the show, and uh, that'll be, it's only one day, October the 2nd, but I imagine they'll have a life of its own afterwards, so if you want to check that out, mm-hmm. check out the workshop. That's at uh, brava.org, so check that out. San Jose Sage is doing The Play That Goes Wrong, September the 21st through October the 16th. John Tracy is directing the show. Michael Barrett Austin is in it. Cassidy mm. Jamal Brown is in it. Yay. So check out uh, San Jose Stage, uh, The Play That Goes Wrong. The Hill Barn Theater is doing Gypsy. 
Uh, so check that out, September the 8th through the 25th. Melissa Bombuis, she has mm. been on the show and she's in the play. Uh, so check out The Hill Barn for that. Shotgun Players, I've talked about uh, this man of God, so check that out. September the 3rd through October the uh, 2nd, Sharon Shaw, Chuck Laxon, Lauren Garcia are in the show. Mm. So a lot of uh, ex-Bendel Stiffers are doing that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've had uh, the stage manager, Hyung Ji Kim, on, and she's talked about her experience as a stage manager. She mm-hmm. stage managed me when I did N.A. Dallas' World Famous Lechon, right. and she's now stage managing Man of God. So check that out. Contra Costa Civic Theater is doing Camelot, September the 9th or October the 9th. Jamie Strube, and we've had her on, is in mm-hmm. the show. So check that out. Follies, and this is the final show that I have, is uh, still running. Uh, our their last show is September the 10th. Uh, Echo Yamamoto, mm-hmm. one of my favorite actresses, uh, mm-hmm. and she's been on the A twice, mm-hmm. is in the musical. So check that out. SF Playhouse. SF right? Playhouse, that's exactly. Yeah. Uh, Barry Graves, our good friend, uh, he has a podcast called The Black Man's Heart, so check that out. Mallory Samara, her day job is KCBS Radio when she's not consulting producing for us. She has a podcast called Connect the Dots. It's a weekly news podcast. And Bindlestiff Studios has the Fobcast, so check that out as well. And last but not least, yay jerseys. So uh, we sold out of our black jerseys, but we do Ah, have the white jerseys. (laughs) Hey, we've sold a lot of jerseys, so thank you so much for supporting Bay Area Theater and supporting us the yay. Can I say, I saw your jerseys. They're gorgeous. Hey. Those are really sharp. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's a parting gift for guests. So so there you go. So if if you want one, it's uh, $30, and it helps us out. Uh, You can Venmo me the money. You can hit me up reg slash clay uh that is that and um did you guys enjoy yourselves we did there's nothing better than talking theater you know we've we've stalked this podcast for years and so it's cool to be on the other side thank you so much it's it's wonderful to know i mean you know when i hear about we have audiences i've never i never know who our audiences are so Mm -hmm. it's really really cool when uh when we have folks who are like, yes, I've been listening mm-hmm. to you guys for years. So it's really, really awesome. And thank I always you like it. when you're like, hi to the YouTube people, because that's how I found you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess we got to get jump back onto it. But I just love doing things live. Right. Yeah. The Zoom thing is sort of, you know, but yeah. Yeah. eventually we'll have some cameras and, you know, maybe we'll do it live and also on YouTube. We'll experiment mm-hmm. with that. Cool. In any case, we're still on the, uh, we're on all podcast apps. We're on Spotify. We're on the, um, there's, a, there's a podcast called the, I want to say Outcast. Hold on, let me let me uh, the Outcast podcast. <laughs> mm. No, Overcast. That's what it is, Overcast. But really, oh. any podcast app that you listen to your podcast on, we're on it. We're on Spotify. We're on all that stuff. We're on SoundCloud. The Yay was created cool. by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Our official feed on Twitter is the A3. Uh, how can we find uh, you guys? Are you guys on social media? Yeah, so uh, we're under Constant Coogan on Twitter and Instagram. And right our, our website is www.constantcoogan forward slash musicals. Yeah. Right on. And we'll have a link to that as well because uh, we feel it's important that, you know, that the great work that you guys are doing should should uh, be advertised. So it's thank cool. you to yeah. both of you so much yeah, for this. Thanks for doing right on, this. yeah. Thank you so much, and uh, it's a wonderful Saturday. So we'll get on out, get us out there, and uh, enjoy ourselves. And as Norman and I always say, we gotta find a better sign off, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>